I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnergeeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 243 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss timelines for starting a podcast in 2021. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we discuss a former Google Audio News team's assessment of independent podcasting. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have a listener whose entire podcast setup changed because of the Zoom P4. Lauren, start the show now. It's 2021. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, And starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to your third week in a row of Better Podcasting Main Show. I am Stephen John Drew, and with me, of course, is SP. What better way to bring in 2021 than just consecutive weeks of the Better Podcasting Main Show? It's a new year. We've got a lot of great content stacked up for you, the listener, and we just can't wait to get it all done, all 26 episodes this year. It's going to be fun. And that is your friendly reminder that we are back to the bi-weekly format as of this week. So if you're not checking out our other show that we do in the off weeks, it's the Better Podcasting Live chat. It's less structured. It's where we go through some listener and viewer feedback and questions and talk a little bit more raw and real about podcasting. That is how it is produced. It's, It's virtually unedited when it goes out. So check that out. That's Better Podcasting Live chat. If you do miss us on the weeks that we're not doing this show. Hey, SP, usually we'd start off with a how I say my podcast story if we had one, but we don't this week. So we're not going to do one. But I think it's a good opportunity for us to start off the year by reminding everybody, if you had something go wrong with your podcast, you should take the time to send us a message, preferably a video of what went wrong and how you fixed it. This is what we do at the beginning when we have these opportunities. So we can all help each other figure out how to solve various problems and hopefully make each other's podcasting experience a little bit easier. You can email us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Stephen, do you mind if I take a second to give our listeners a hint of how they could actually do this to save their How I Save My Podcast story? For sure. Okay. So what you could do is you could take your smartphone, whatever smartphone it is, and just turn on the video thing and then just speak right into the show. It doesn't have to be highly produced. It doesn't have to be in your podcast microphone. Just tell us the story right into your phone, whatever it is. I was going to say iPhone because I have an iPhone. But if you have an Android or whatever, that's fine. Just record it and then send it to us. And we would love to play it on the show. And Stephen will do his best to, you know, you know, do all the voice things and, you know, all the things with the audio that he can do. And uh, he'll actually even try to make you look 15 years younger. That's not true. Uh, oh. If I had that technology, I'd might make myself look a lot better. <laughs> I thought you already did. 
So you want to start your first hobby podcast. You have an idea, and now it's time to get that podcast started. But how long is this process going to take? That one word, started, sounds rather simple. However, it does involve a variety of steps, and those steps can be very time-consuming. There are a lot of podcasters who try to get things started, and they end up failing by falling into a vicious cycle of procrastination. And that's why today we want to take the time to talk about the time that you can expect to start your podcast. Hopefully this is going to help you be a little bit more prepared to invest this necessary time, but it might also give you a bit of an idea about when you might be treading in the direction of just procrastination. Hopefully you'll recognize these warning flags. Now, before we do get into some of the specifics we want to talk about today, we do want to preface all of this with some caveats, right, SP? Yeah, first, why we're going to talk about the timelines involved in order to start a, a, your first hobby podcast. We want to stress that every podcaster's mileage may vary with what we're about to say. Timelines in podcasting will vary based on many factors, such as your experience with the area of podcasting that we're talking about the time that you have available for this hobby of podcasting, your individual skill set. Maybe you do a lot of this stuff for work. Maybe you have no idea how to do any of it. The team that you have available to distribute the workload to, if you're doing it all on your own, it's going to be more work for you. If you have a team, you're going to have to manage the team dynamic, but there's more people available to do the work. The certainty that you have with your show's main topic. This is something that we're going to get into right away, but in other areas, how much material you have to review or reference to build your content and how much research have you done prior to deciding to start a podcast in the theme or the main topic of your show. Secondly, it's important to expect delays as you go through starting your podcast. These are normal and can creep up at the most inopportune times. Some examples of why these can happen is you regret a decision that you made and have to do it all over again. And the earlier you made that decision that you regret, the more work that you're going to have to do over. Maybe something comes up through the development process that will no longer be an option. For example, choosing a media host, which then closes up shop before you start. A step taking longer than expected, like choosing music, and we'll get into that later. Learning something that changes how or why you wanted to accomplish in a specific process. You're starting your first hobby podcast. You don't know how to do any of this stuff. And in the process of doing it, you learn more about it, and then you might change your mind. So you'll have to go back and redo that step. Maybe your podcast name or your URL or your domain name is no longer available and you have to scrap that name of your show and start all over. As we record this, it's early 2021 and shipping in a pandemic remains an issue. So it might take you longer to get the necessary gear that you ordered in order to record your podcast or produce your podcast. Maybe a computer that you plan to use in your production breaks and you need a new one or you need to fix it. And maybe it's an available recording location that can no longer be used. This could be anything from family members moving back in your house, taking over what you thought was your personal office or your study. And it could be the fact that maybe you had a conference room lined up at work that you can no longer use because of various things. So 
the location that you record can step in and do this. Uh, perhaps, just perhaps, Stephen, you walk with me here. Perhaps your daughter decides it's time to get married, or or perhaps your son decides to ask for your help in moving across the country, or perhaps your parents ask for your help to build a deck, or, uh, well, you get the picture. Those are very specific examples, very specific. Yeah, and, and may or may not have all happened to me recently. <laughs> but lastly, Try to cut yourself some slack. You're a hobbyist, but also be realistic with yourself. If you're going to give yourself too much slack and are in that procrastination state. So that's what we want to prevent procrastination. So now that we've got all those caveats out of the way, let's get into the details, Stephen. Let's kick it all off with developing your idea. This is where we're going to start at the beginning, the beginning of even this podcast. Yes, we are talking about developing your podcast topic. Once you've come up with the topic for your podcast, you need to develop that into an idea that is sustainable for your podcast. This can sometimes be one of the hardest things for you to accomplish. It's one thing to have an idea for a podcast episode. It's a whole other beast to have a sustainable topic across many episodes. This might go across months, years, or hundreds or thousands of episodes, and this does include even audio dramas. It's one thing to say that you want to talk about your favorite movie on a podcast. It's another to make an entire podcast of multiple episodes about your favorite movie. You're probably going to grasp at straws pretty darn quick if you're going to narrow your podcast to that specific idea. Even Star Wars Minute eventually came to the end of the movie they were discussing. Fortunately, there were multiple Star Wars movies to cover, but, you know, you get the idea. Eventually, the things had to come to an end. This is why you have to take time to develop your idea into a sustainable podcast model. This would be a good opportunity for us to mention that you should check out episode one of Better Podcasting, where we talk all about successfully choosing an idea for your podcast. But developing the idea can be very time consuming. This is because you have to figure out your presentation structure of your show. Not only do you have to figure out what sort of individual ideas that you have for each episode, kind of a roadmap, you also have to figure out the different components within your podcast that are going to support that general encompassing idea, such as segments. How are they going to support that main focus of your podcast? And what are those sections going to break down into? Developing your idea can take a lot of time, both on paper and in practice, as you try out some of these things, because it is a good idea to test out some of these different components to see how you feel about them as you're developing them. This is that development process. Not everything is going to be a winner, and you want to try that out before you launch your podcast. This is why timelines can change so much in this section. Because you're going to try some things and you're going to be like, I need to have that. That works really well for my podcast. You're going to try other ideas, even if you're just writing them down into a sample script and you're going to go, this is terrible. Nobody's going to care about that. So some of these might end up taking up more time than others, which takes us to the timeline of this section. Yeah, so even if you already have existing work to leverage off of, like a script, if you're an audio drama or a book that you wrote about the subject that you're talking about, 
or a lecture series or conference presentations, it's going to take you some time to lay down the initial podcast topic and structure of the show. Like a good thesis paper, this is not going to happen overnight. I mean, you could go through several drafts and proofreads and edits, which takes time, as Stephen just mentioned. At the very least, this should not happen in a day. At the very least, sleep on it before continuing. That means create your idea, sleep on it overnight, and then look at it the next day. That is the very, very least that I'm going to say about creating the main topic of your show. It's at least a two-day thing. However, in reality, give yourself a week or two, maybe even a month to firmly craft the skeleton of your show. But after a month, you should be able to move on to the next stage. If you're still stuck after a month on this stage, it is time to talk to a mentor or a consultant or a friend to get yourself back on track. So so far, we're talking about coming up with the idea for your show, and we're saying that the running total of the time to start your podcast is now up to a month. Now, it should be a couple of weeks, but we're going to say up to a month. So four weeks. That's what we got so far, Stephen. So what's next? The next thing that we want to talk about is getting together the different production elements for your show. This includes audio elements like intros and outros, segment intros, things that the listeners are going to hear in your podcast, but also getting together the other things like artwork for your show and marketing materials. Let's kick it all off with the key parts, the key parts of your podcast, which is the audio elements. We think a realistic target for getting together audio elements once you've decided on that structure is between two and six weeks. This is including the production and testing and all of that. And the reason that we have this varies so much is because if you're hiring outside talent, even if it's from one of those cheap services, you're going to have to factor in the turnaround time. There is going to be a level of time that you're sitting there and waiting. But in any case, there's going to be a lot of time that you need to do to try to put together these elements, preview them, try them a different way, and put them into a final production package. You might even need to leave them for a bit and come back and revisit them. I know in my experience, whenever I've put together an intro, I put it together, been like, this is it, lock it down, walk away and come back. And it's something silly like, ah, that music's way too loud. You know, the, you, you, distancing yourself as you put together these elements can make a huge difference to polishing that product. If you're doing all the work yourself, we think this is more achievable in maybe a two to four week period. You'll need to write scripts, record them and put together all the audio elements, but you'll also need to find some of them like music and possibly sound effects and searching for the right music on a website like pond5.com can be a many day project in and of itself. We've both had recent projects where we've needed music and we've had similar experience. You click through the track, you take a listen, including the audio watermarking, which gets to be a pain after a while. And then you jump to the next one. The next thing you know, hours have gone by and you've bookmarked a variety of audio tracks, come back and go through the process again. And sometimes when you come back like the next day, a couple of days later, maybe even a week later, and you don't like any of the options you chose the first time around. So you got to start that cycle all over again. Maybe it's, it's just not the feeling that you want. We've actually done this with multiple projects, as I said, and better podcasting was one, but we've all done it before. Music for me is, is really the bane. It's something that I can do myself, but it takes a long time 
And if you don't get it right the first couple of tries, it can be very repetitive and very time consuming. So just book yourself some time so that you can do this. Now, the next elements we want to talk about are the visual elements. And this is more Steven's area than mine. We would say that this can be done over a week concurrently of other tasks if you are hiring others to do this. That's because there's very little you have to do other than giving input. But like audio, you're going to need to review these and make requests for revisions. So it will take some of your time. But on the other hand, a lot of hobby podcasters do try to do it themselves through some of the various tools that are available. Some people are really comfortable with graphics design software. Some are using websites that are tailored to novices that don't know much about graphics design. In either case, it's going to take you time to work on these different visual elements. Now, me personally, I'm pretty comfortable in the visual design department because just the experience that I've had with my hobbies over the years, it's kind of lends myself towards that. But SP, on the other hand, he's all into those CAD schematics, but you're probably going to end up with some paint cartoon drawings if he takes a crack at the visual design. Sometimes in the engineering schematics, there are pink cartoon stick figures in there too. So you get a mix and match, but it, that's not something that you really want on your podcast art. So it just takes time and it might need a professional to come in or a friend that knows graphic design a lot better than you do in order to get through that. But this is an example of where the time involved will depend on your ability to perform the task or your skill in the area. And for that, we're going to say it could be a couple of weeks. It could be a month to go through this process of getting the audio and the visual elements together for your show. Like Steven said, it could run concurrently, but we're just going to add that time onto the time that we mentioned before started out at two to four weeks. We're going to go now that we've got these two main tasks in, we're going to go four weeks up to 14 weeks. Now, if you're outside that bounds, probably need to get a little bit of help. You could, if you are a, an accomplished person, you could probably get this all done in a few days if you have time to dedicate to it. But for most hobbyists, you're doing this in addition to your other life activities. So it's going to take you some time to get through it. We just, again, want to make sure that you are going into the mindset with a realistic timeline involved. Now you've got your elements, you've got your artwork, you've got the theme to your show, you've got the general structure to your show. It's time to record your first episode. This is one of the most exciting parts of podcasting, recording, and then later on, we're going to talk about posting your first episode, but recording your first episode is one of the most exciting times of all of podcasting. Or should we say episodes? We'll get to that later. So how long, Stephen, is it going to take you to do your first episode? Well, let's start by saying, if you have little experience podcasting, you should expect this section is going to take multiple attempts to accomplish and maybe multiple recording sessions, possibly with breaks in between these sessions as well. You may have a lot of ideas in your head and you may have a lot of them written down in an outline of what you want to do in your first episode, but there's something about turning on that microphone that just changes your whole comfortability with the material especially when you have little experience on a microphone. 
as you go through this, you're going to find that there are many occasions where you don't like what you said and you're going to feel the need to re-record that section. We think that on average, a first-time podcaster should plan to take at least two to three times the target recording length of their episode. And then you should double it. The reason you should double it is because you may record your first episode and absolutely hate it. It may turn out to be just a test that goes nowhere, so you need to redo it. So if you plan to do your first episode more than once, and you end up being happy the first time around, that's bonus time. We think that it's far better to plan on being really unhappy and scrapping the first episode than sitting there and putting self-pressure on yourself because you've realized that if you don't go and continue with this first episode, you're going to be behind your schedule. And now you feel that you have to get this episode out and it's really a subpar product. We think it's better that you're happy with your first episode than putting out something that you really don't like. We mentioned before that you'll likely want to record one of three test episodes and fully produce them before you actually record your episode one, especially for first time podcasters. Even with better podcasting, I think we would have been better if we would have recorded the first episode, maybe the first two episodes and then gone back and really knocked our structure in. But we wanted to get feedback from the audience. So we went ahead and recorded and let the first episode fly from our first recording, but we're experienced podcasters. If I was podcasting for the first time, I would definitely want to record one to three episodes, and it's just going to take longer to do that. So as a side note, if your intention is to do a companion video show or a full-up video presentation and call it a podcast, which is fine, we're not going to get in the definition of podcast here, but the recording stage might take you longer since video is an entirely different level of complexity to set up and to record. We're not going to really cover that in this. We're talking about an audio podcast, but I just wanted to throw that out there that if you're doing a video portion of the show, it's going to take longer for you to do than just audio itself. So if you take into account all of that recording your first episode, possibly redoing it, or at the very least listening to your recording and seeing if that's really the direction you want to go into. That's going to take at least a week, possibly up to a month if you do three different episodes and then re-record a new episode. And that's assuming an episode a week, recording, listening to it, and then deciding whether you want to keep it or not. So that brings it, before we were at four to 18 weeks, so that now brings it to five to 18 weeks. That's your window right now with these steps to start a podcast. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be in those weeks. You could go faster, you could go a little slower, but I'm really harping on if it's taking you longer than 18 weeks to this to get to this point, it's time to get some help. Time to get into a podcast community, time to get that mentor, consultant or whatever to get going because if you go beyond 18 weeks, you're really going to drag and procrastinate and you don't want that compounding. So now that you've recorded the first episode, well, what do you do with it? You got to edit it. And if you have no idea what you're doing for your first episode, it's going to take you days or maybe even more than a week to edit that first episode. And perhaps it might even take you months if this is a well-scored audio drama episode. If you take some time to walk through various tutorials, or maybe take a class online like a Skillshare class, 
or you hit up the podcast engineering school for tips. Dare we even say you check out Better Podcasting and the website for tips. This could take you just weeks of research alone. This is an area that we would highly recommend that you spend some time learning before you really get into the editing. Because if you just jump in and you've never edited anything before, you're probably going to drag yourself down a lot because you are trying to do things blindly. Editing can be a very complex process. And just a few time-saving tips that you'll find through some of these tutorials might save you countless hours. And then we also would recommend that you take time to actually go through and edit your podcast in a thorough manner. This is your first episode. Don't you want to put your best foot forward? Even if you know that you are going to give that first episode more scrutiny than you will in the future, put your best foot forward and then kind of dial it back as you feel the final product. Now, we've discussed editing before, but just as a quick recap, we do strongly recommend that you edit your show, especially if you're a first-time podcaster. Your presenting skills are going to take some time to develop, so if you edit your podcast, it can make you look better than you are. So nominally, in talking about a timeline here, we're going to say it's going to be up to a week to edit your first episode. And that's without training classes that you might have to take or want to take or a fully scored audio drama episode that Stephen mentioned before. So while in our timeline, we'll keep the running total at one additional week for editing your first episode, which would bring it up to 19 weeks in total. This stage could go longer in the case of added training or really getting into the scoring of an audio drama or the sound effects or whatever you're doing with the audio drama and like recording in the step before we just want to caveat that if you are doing video as part of your show the post-production process is going to take you longer to accomplish especially for first time you're talking about a video production you're talking about audio from that video production that you are producing separately or at least stripping out and then publishing separately so it's going to take you some additional time so at this point, we're going to say the running total of this process is somewhere between six and 19 weeks total. Now, the next section is one that I know is near and dear to SP's heart, and that's because his middle name is Promotion. <laughs> uh, no, that is not correct, but they both do start with P. So we'll just go into this. Just when you think you've reached the end, you've decided what you're going to record. You've gotten all the elements you've recorded. You've edited your show. You've got that final file. You think you're done. You're really not. Having a final completed audio file like an MP3 is not your final step in the podcasting process. Now it's time to post and promote your first episode. Just posting your file might take some extra time as it should, by the way, in the whole process. You want to create some sort of show notes to accompany your file to tell folks who you are and what the actual podcast is about in rough terms. And will you want to tag the file possibly with metadata? Yes, we do recommend that you do that. And the actual writing of show notes in the MP3 file metadata tagging is not going to take you that long, but coming up with what you want to put in place with your metadata tags or what you want to structure your show notes like in terms of format or in terms of verbiage or specifically what you're trying to highlight in your show, 
that is going to take a few hours or even days to get to the final product that you want to put in your show notes. This can be especially frustrating, especially because you have the file and you just want to post it and let the world have access to your podcast. You want to promote it at that point in time. But this is a necessary step to enable your podcast to be discovered, indexed, and ultimately listened to. Once you have this information in terms of metadata and show notes, and it's ready, the act of uploading your file and posting it should only really take a few minutes, depending on your speed of your internet connection, how big your file really is. Remember, you got to keep it under 100 megabytes. We haven't talked about a lot of the technical parts of all this because we've spoken about it before. We're specifically focusing on timeline. That's just one thing that I wanted to throw out there right now. So at a maximum, we'll give you a couple of days to do this step for the first time through, maybe up to a week, unless you have your own website. Now I've had my own website before. I don't like it. It's just too complex. It takes too much time for me. So I like to simplify things and I either use Steven's website or my <laughs> podcast media host's website. So for this, I'm going to turn it over to Steven to give a little extra caveats with your own website for hosting your show and your RSS feed. For sure. Because if you're going to go the self-hosting route, you're going to have a bunch of extra steps that you need to do at this point to get everything prepared to host your podcast. This is, of course, including things like maybe registering domains, but putting that aside, just setting up the infrastructure on your website, even if it's existing, because there are certain components that you're going to need to put on your podcast that you probably don't have it already for running just a regular website without a podcast. You're going to need something to create that RSS feed and put all of that podcasting meta information in there, such as the PowerPress plugin for WordPress. And then there's the whole web design aspect in order to incorporate all of these ideas. It might be a specific podcast theme for your website, or it might just be adding a whole bunch of images and links in order to list the different areas, even your social media for your podcast, or where they're going to find you on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever. There is a whole other bucket of steps that are necessary if you're going to be running a website for your podcast, especially if you're self-hosting that RSS feed. Now, this will vary depending on how comfortable you are with the different plugins and availability of tools for the different content management systems. For example, if you're very proficient in WordPress already, and you're used to trying out new plugins that do new things with WordPress, you might find this very easy because it's just taking that idea and applying podcasting to your WordPress installation. On the flip side, if you know only of WordPress to make your blog post and that's it, there's a lot of uh, learning curve that you've got for you to get through here in order to get all of these different elements set up. So this really could drag on for multiple weeks or months even at this point if you were starting a website from scratch. But let's say you're going on an existing website, you're probably looking at adding on a few weeks of solid work. So for the purposes of this, we'll keep the 
timeline down to a minimum. We'll assume that you're using a podcast media hosting service like Pinecast or Podbean that has an integrated website in that. And as such, take about a couple extra days or a week. So the total time frame of you to produce your first show is somewhere at a maximum of about 20 weeks. If you're beyond that, you need to get some help. So that's almost half a year. And you might think, wow, that is a long time. Well, if you don't have any actual experience in these areas, if you need to learn yourself how to do things along the way, half a year is actually not all that much to get a, the initial training in actually doing your first podcast. But with that said, I want to throw it out there to our listeners. A lot of them already have existing podcasts. A lot of them are actually very seasoned hobby podcasters. If you think that we are off, or I specifically am off in this timeline, please get a hold of us. We will reference it on a future show. But for now, I'm saying somewhere in the area of about seven, two months, we'll call it two months to 20 weeks in order to get your first show out is a good timeline to target in doing your first show. So Steven, what do you think? Yeah, I think that in summary, podcast starting can be a very daunting task. And we hope that today's episode helps you prepare a little bit more for the time you're going to need to commit as a hobby podcaster in order to get your show going. We hope that you can look at your target launch schedule and use this information to make sure it's going to accurately represent where you can feasibly go to launch your first podcast. But we want you to consider the different areas that will be dynamic to you. They may shift your timelines because, for example, some of these things can be done concurrently and how much can be done concurrently will vary on your skill set and your availability. Someone who's working full-time. Another example is if you're going to be hiring voice work for your audio elements, and you're also hiring someone to do your design work for the visuals, you might concurrently be waiting on the items to come back. So they'll overlap those weeks a little bit. But you might stagger them as well and possibly get some efficiency that way where you're producing the final audio while you're waiting on those elements of the visual to come back. So this timeline can really shift in either direction depending on your personal schedule and how you overlap elements. But you also should consider that you might need to take a break from some of these things as well. And during that break, it might be dead time. But you might just need to take a break from that task and go on to another task. For example, maybe you've recorded your first episode and you've hated it. And now you want to do an episode uh, all over. And so you want to take some time to decompress. Well, do you need time away from working on this? Or do you just want to go on to the next thing? So you can go ahead and continue on some of that work with the audio elements or the visual elements instead of just having dead time. Again, another example on how this timeline might shift. So while you might look at our timelines and think that they seem really short or really long, the reality is that some things will overlap and some things you will not want to overlap or you'll burn yourself out before you get started. 
So it's a general guideline with our experiences, and we hope that you consider that your mileage may vary a little bit depending on your personal situation. And remember, as you launch, do not strive for perfection. We've talked about it before. Good enough is better than never done. After all, you'll pretty much always be looking back on your early episodes and wish they were done differently than you have. And most importantly, this is a hobby that you chose. Make sure you're having fun with it. We say this almost every episode, if not every episode. Make sure you're having fun with your hobby podcast. And that is the key metric and indicator to me of a good hobby podcast. This is the Better Podcasting Download. So for our download, our first download of 2021, I'm going to reach back and go back to 2020 since it's only really been a couple of days and I haven't seen anything in the news that I really want to talk about for 2021 yet. Actually, we have stacked three complete downloads right now of stuff that we want to talk about in 2021 already. And the first one that I want to talk about is an article that was posted on December 12th of 2020. It was written by a former public radio reporter, and he also left Google's audio news team earlier this summer, uh, earlier last summer, I guess. Steve Henn, he wrote this article, has independent podcasting peaked. And for the purpose of this show, we're going to loop hobby podcasts in with independent podcasting. Uh, There is a lot of business stuff that is in this article. I read the article And I just thought this is the pinnacle of what we've been talking about all along about is hobby podcasting sustainable? Can hobby podcasts exist in the same world as all these business podcasts do, especially within the last year, this last 18 months of consolidation of podcasts that are going behind paid walls of streaming podcasts now? I mean, this big Spotify deals, everybody knows about Amazon just bought Wondery, which I don't think we talked about on the show before. There's a lot of big business stuff going on in podcasting right now. And of course, we cater to the hobby podcaster. So in my opinion, what does this mean for the hobby podcaster? Is hobby podcasting still sustainable in 2021? I said this way back when we started, probably in 2015. And if I didn't say it in 2015, I know I said it in 2016. The thing about hobby podcasts that is going to keep it going is the openness of the RSS feeds and the ability to get the podcasts out everywhere. If something changes with that, like if some entity takes over RSS feeds and that you have to apply and you have to uh, give a, a big registry fee to get in directories or something like that, which which is kind of happening now, but kind of not, but we're on a path that that could happen, then that would kill Hobby podcasting as we know, would it kill the ability to make a good audio show or a video show and get it out there? No, not yet, but it could possibly happen. That's just what I want to talk about right now. I'm not not going to talk about the ads. We never talk about making money on this podcast, although I do recognize that a lot of people do. One of the things that in this article, they talk about like closed membership sites. And if you think about YouTube channels, they have membership sites. You think of podcasts out there that have very active Patreon communities. You think of Dis- Discord has been set up as this wonderful thing that you can link that to a Patreon membership or a YouTube membership and have channels that are only available for people that are part of those memberships. So there are an ability within hobby podcasting 
to build those pay to podcast activities relatively simply and cheaply. I mean, you're still going to have to pay all the taxes with it and everything. I'm not going to go into depth on that. I just want to say it's a possibility that independent podcasts that are hobby podcasts can still function in 2021 just fine. You don't have to be a big name. You don't have to be a business, although I'm not going to speak to tax reasons. You can do it in 2021, but we will continue to look out for you and if there's going to be a showstopper that comes along, we're going to call it out on this podcast. You know, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately in this sort of whole concept here is the word of mouth or the referral process that is happening now with more and more consumers coming into podcasting. Before, it was a very niche audience for podcasting. And I don't know about you, but I know I've had people at work who have mentioned podcasts before, and there's a whole communication thing about podcasts that they've enjoyed and things like that. And what I think is interesting with that approach is that you now are in a situation where people are forming that idea in their mind of what a podcast is supposed to be. And that could possibly make things like what we talk about here with Better Podcasting even more important, which is making your podcast sound good. Because when you're looking and you're just exploring a directory, you're probably going to stumble across some of these and you might think, okay, I can listen to that and that's fine. I'll, get, I'll give it a go. But if someone who is just a regular consumer has come into the consuming of podcasts based off of some of these non-independent, these big podcasts, these Spotify exclusives that have high production value, well, what image do they have in their mind of what a podcast is supposed to be? And are they going to refer that podcast that sounds like one microphone in the middle of a table of 10 hosts? Probably not, because it's probably not going to meet the expectation. So I think this whole, what is like, is an independent podcast over? It's, a, it's an interesting question, but is it more of, does what an independent podcast need to be in order to survive, has that changed? And I think that the bar continues to be raised very quickly as we get these bigger non-independents in here. Yeah, even the existing independents, uh, won't necessarily say big, but the independents that have teams with them, so really businesses, you know, production houses in their own right that haven't been bought out by anybody. They have teams of 10, 15, 25 people that are working on a show. And the audio design, and I will call it that, audio design, audio dramas also have audio design. We just didn't talk about it in the last segment. The audio design behind these are phenomenal, and they really make it. It's like listening to a produced documentary in a lot of cases, which is not a bad thing. It's just if you're a hobby podcaster and you're solo or you have a team of two, three, four people, you're not going to be able to compete. You're not going to be able to spend the time doing the whole thing. You're not going to be able to do the research. You're not going to be able to, to throw in all of the elements of production into it. You're not going to be able to promote at the same level because you don't have a budget uh, to promote. Yeah, sure. You could have a couple hundred dollars. We talked about it before. Yes, you can do a few things with a couple hundred dollars in terms of promotion, but you're not going to be able to compete with these big guys. So you're going to have to look at other opportunities, which is great. You, there are free opportunities. We actually did a whole podcast about free opportunities to promote, but that takes time. And that's time that you're going to have to prioritize of how much time you want to spend on your hobby podcast versus the rest of your life. Say you're a full-time college student 
or you have a job or two jobs that you're working 40, 80 hours a week and you're podcasting for fun because it's relatively low barrier to entry, relatively low cost to do. It's not like golf where you might want a $15,000 club membership or something like that. It's something that the everyday person can do in their limited time, but that's it. Limited time. You're not going to have the time to promote 12 hours a day, six days a week. And the time that you do have to promote is probably going to be times that are not optimal to promote because they're on the weekends where people aren't on social media. They're not paying attention to that sort of thing. So it's, it's just, you're at a disadvantage from the big guy. So you're not going to be able to do the same things in that light. I agree with what Steven just said, make sure that you sound the best that you can, because that is who you're competing with. Sure. You could have a high school podcast, you know, you, your buddies get together and you talk about what's going on in your high school, you know, it's never going to last and you're just doing it for fun. I get all that. But if you think that is going to compete with the Joe Rogan experience, you are wrong. You are sorely wrong because Joe Rogan experience is a whole different level. As a matter of fact, it's not even a podcast anymore, the way that podcast is technically defined, but it's what, as you were saying, Stephen, is defined in the public's mind as a podcast. So you're in that same boat. So make yourself sound as good as you can. Make yourself sound intelligent. Make sure you're doing the research on your topic and, and all that. And it just... This is a constant thing that we're going to be talking about is the difference between a hobby podcast or an independent podcast and a big business podcast. Because now in 2021, I think we can successfully say big business is in podcasting and has been for a while. What's your thoughts on all of this? Get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can tweet us at betterpod or come to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com dot com slash discord we would love to have you over there and talk about this and many other podcast current events things now let's find out what you the listeners and viewers had to say to us this is where we here at better podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback we call this segment better podback We got a tweet over on the Twitter sphere from Cybercast. And uh, this was a great little tweet that I saw there. Um, and by the way, Cybercast, uh, we've been in touch a little bit with him lately. And uh, thank you very much for reaching out to us lately. It's been great to hear from you again. Yeah. Cybercast, longtime listener, actually. And it's great. And believe it, Cybercast is Canadian, right? Yes. We have a lot of great interaction from our Canadian listeners. So thank you very much, Canada, for that. They got to make up for my shortcomings. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is the tweet. Have you guys got into the pod track P4 yet? Got mine over Xmas. Love it. Sold my Mackie Pro FX 8. Who cares about the 44 rate? Can't tell anyway. Multi-track recording outshines that lack. Also easy to convert XLR to any input put any input you need. The only limit I see with the pod track is the four sound pads. I use more than four sound slash booster tracks in all my podcasts. That's the limit. Might look at the P8 to add in. So first off, let me just say, I agree with you on the 44. I, I've mentioned this many times on and off the show. I think eventually it's going to be a question mark and a concern. We still have people who are being paid money 
to consult in podcasting say that 64 kilobits per second is enough for podcasting, which I entirely disagree with. But I'm just telling you that we still have a big mountain to climb to get people to really care a lot about audio quality if that is still advice being given. So 44, 100% agree. I, I agree. I know there's all sorts of benefits when you go beyond that, a whole bunch of things that you can do to clean up audio and all that stuff there. But again, I personally think at this point, it's enough. Where will we be? We'll find out. I also have, was an early advocate for going beyond 64 kilobits per second. So I, I definitely recognize that what I say right now in a few years might sound stupid. So at the moment, though, I think that it's more than enough. And truthfully, I think it will be more than enough for, for many years to come. I, I do think we're a while till 44 becomes a real big question. Yeah, 44.1 is CD quality. Uh, a lot of video is at 48. And you're talking about two different things there with, with the bit rate versus the sample rate there. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, the 44.1 is the CD quality uh, hertz, kilohertz, and then 48 kilohertz for video is often done. And then the um, uh, the the other thing that he was talking about was... Uh, basically how, how much sample rate is done in the final track. The thing that I want to say here is with the sound pads. There's only four sound pads. It's better. First of all, it's better than none because my Zoom H5, my Zoom H6, they don't have any sound pads whatsoever. So having four is better than none. That said, if you want more, you can always inject more in a mobile device. I have iOS devices and I have Backpack Studio on them. The problem is getting that into the P4 because it only has XLR jack. So you got to go through some conversions in order to make that happen. That said, it is such a leap forward compared to what we had available when we started podcasting. Definitely what we had available when we started better podcasting in 2015. Basically, what I have, what you have, our state-of-the-art gear that was available in 2015. Well, more than what I have than what you have is state of the art gear for 2015. And you have your studios in another level above mine that's available today because you have the Rodecaster Pro, you have the Zoom L8, you have the uh, Zoom L12, which we didn't have when we started better podcasting. And that is awesome. Uh, the sound boards though i mean if if this is all you got you can work with four sound pads and then you can just go on for even if you have to and we did this long time ago where we took our phones and we put them next to the microphone i remember doing this <laughs> yeah. for like for voices defiance i would play feedback and i would play it into the microphone like that and then i would just add it in post it works great and it it just is fine so uh, yeah uh, his first question, though, have we gotten into the PodTrek before? Unfortunately, I have not done even my unboxing video with it yet. I had some things happen over Christmas. It, it seems like a common theme with me, right? Uh, I do plan to get into uh, the video things that unboxings that we talked about in late 2020. I just haven't gotten into it yet. And uh, we might have something special planned for the PodTrek before in the coming two, three months. Yeah. Uh, before I address why I also haven't, I do want to say, uh, yes, I, I did entirely blend 44.1, uh, sample rate versus the 16 bit recording rate. And, uh, I was blurring them together because it seems like everybody is constantly who wants to criticize the P4 
bundling those two things in together. And so I'm glad you clarified that first off. And again, both of those, I think at this point are not an issue at all. Uh, But I also did not get into mine over the holidays. And that's a whole other conversation that is not about podcasting. It's about appliances and a horrible delivery experience. Hit me up on the Discord if you want. It ruined like it was three solid days of work, but because it happened on the other side of the weekend, it basically cost me nearly a week. As a matter of fact, for those that might have seen a holiday movie called Home Alone this past year or ever, it did involve steps, it involved ice, it involved chainsaws, it involved crowbars. It, it was uh, a painful experience for Stephen, the homeowner, not the burglar involved here. <laughs> Well, thank you for reaching out to us. That's great. And uh, I, yeah, definitely got to get to mine. We had Randy Walker in our Discord say, found somebody selling a local Q2U kit for 40 bucks. This was a cool little conversation. I won't give you all the back and forth feedback, but I wanted to bring this up because it was neat. It was one of those cool little like, hey, we got this cool community in our Discord server because Randy just randomly throws this out there. And then the back and forth happens. And the next thing you know, he's like, I'm on my way. And people are talking about that. He's like, I got it. So uh, just fun to have a little glimpse into the little things in between our episodes in our listeners' lives. So thanks, Randy, for doing that. That's the type of community fun that I love having over on the Discord server. For you long-term Star Trek watchers out there, I'm going to do something here. You know what I'm doing. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, John S. Badger actually wrote us as well about file sizes, right, SP? Yes, he wrote us and he said, hello, podcasters. How do you share your audio and or video files? I use Google Drive and it has been a good method as email doesn't generally allow for the file size. There's a lot of ways that you can port files back and forth. A lot more ways today than there used to be 10 years ago. Dropbox, OneDrive. Uh, the iCloud, which I think I'm going to do to make Steven get into iCloud to uh, download a file for me. Not going to happen. And uh, yeah, there's lots of ways to do it. Is there a best way? It's what works for you. What's available? What do you use? What is, what is your other person use that you're going with? It really doesn't matter. In my opinion, Google Drive works great. I agree with you. I uh, kidding aside about iCloud, if you were all into iCloud and that was the way you like you wanted your storage, whatever, it's a link that I click uh, and maybe I signed up for an account. For me, I share most of my stuff through Google because I am heavy into the Google side of things. And like I do Google Photos, I have Gmail, so I use Google Drive a lot. So I, I pay for the extra storage. So that's why I personally do that. For a long time, you were very into Mediafire. I didn't use Mediafire. Once a year, I get an email, I think it is, that says, hey, your Mediafire account's about to expire. Click if you want to renew. And I do. Um, Like, I I don't pay, but it'll cancel on me. But I never used Mediafire other than to get your files. And I didn't care because you gave me a link and I downloaded it. It was fine. Yeah, I'm grandfathered under a a plan with Mediafire, 25 bucks for a year for one terabyte. That's a good deal. Uh, I am going to move away from that just because not anybody uses it anymore, but I do have a significant amount of files that I have to pull down from there and I just haven't had time to do that. So Mediafire, I still have an account. I just don't use it actively anymore. Uh, so it's whatever works for you. I would like to know from our listeners what they use. And I know we had a, a conversation on Discord, but I would like to know from our podcast listeners what they use because I want to know if there's something new and interesting out there. 
and I'm not using it, I want to be able to use it. So let let us know at uh, podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We also got a comment from Kim Alloway. Kim said, what's the current webcam recommendation? I'm considering one for my kids' virtual school and stuff, but I'd want to get one I could use to maybe do a video component for podcasting. I'm assuming things aren't in stock too. First of all, great assumption. Yeah, Yeah, things aren't in stock. Second of all, just today I saw on Slick Deals a target.com for a... Logitech C922 with the flap over it, the privacy flap over it for $69, which is a deal because they've been going for $99 or more. I had several, you had several, we had talked about actually getting rid of our excess cameras, but I don't, I really don't have excess cameras. I use everything that I have and you could sell them on eBay for $150, $200 earlier this year. They're starting to become available. They're starting starting to come down in price. There was a comment from another listener of Better Podcasting and member of the GuineaGeek.com network, Damien from Aurelia Prod. He brought up the AverMedia LiveCam 313. Now, prior to this, Stephen, had you heard about the LiveCam 313? I did, yes. Actually, um, I heard of it for a couple of reasons. Number one, he mentioned it earlier in our Discord in this year. But secondly, my dad actually picked that up when he started to work from home as well and couldn't find the camera that I had recommended. So I, I had actually been familiar with this from a couple different forks. But yeah, it's good overall. I am what I have seen, and I haven't firsthand tested this, but the things I've seen, there's a few things I personally like a little more about the Logitech C920 and C922. However, there are some things that I think that the LiveCam 313 does win a little bit in in certain areas as well. I would be happy to, from what I've seen, suggest that someone buy it if they could only find that and not the C922. It's hard for me to say, yeah, you you have my solid recommendation with this camera because I haven't put it through the paces. I can't say for sure. I've only seen someone's end product or a small thumbnail or whatever, right? Like I, I, I've had a little video test with my dad remotely, right, uh, as a video call. So I haven't put it through the paces from a production element, but I, I, it's not one of those cameras that I've seen people using and been like, wow, yeah, I think it looks good, but it doesn't. It's really bad. Like, it, I think it looks quite good. And I know Damien actually says that he's using it as his main streaming cam. And I think that that is, is a good sign as well. It's just hard for me to solidly recommend something that I haven't tested. And I know there is some things out there that you can use your cell phone camera for and that sort of thing. I will say, if you have a laptop, a MacBook, a HP laptop, Microsoft laptop, Dell, whatever, there is value in having one of these webcams because I don't know in the past year or so for if you're working from a home or if you've had this experience, but if you can offset that camera from the back of the laptop, first of all, and separate it from the back of the laptop, first of all, you're going to get a kind of a unique experience where the camera's coming in, not straight right at you, but from the side a little bit, and you're, and you're looking at the screen in front of you. And the other thing is that back of that laptop wiggles and that camera's wiggling. So it, you get this seasick effect from anybody that's watching you. So from a podcasting perspective, even if you're just recording over video, if you're not recording the video, if you're just recording over a video service and you're just recording the audio, there is merit in having one of these webcams, these USB webcams, so you could stick it off to the side and you can get rid of those effects. So AverMedia, LiveCam, 
313, you can inject your cell phone camera using some techniques or the Logitech C920, C922s. They're all great. They're, they're not 4K. We're not there yet. And with my bandwidth, I could not do 4K either. We discovered that in December, November. But I think that's coming in the future. I don't know when, but it's coming. Logitech Brio's camera is 4K. Um, I, there's a lot of generic 4K cameras on, on Amazon. I've actually looked through this a few times in some videos. And it seems like everybody that takes the Brio style camera and compares it to the Brio, it's pretty consistent. It's just someone's taking crappy hardware and they've made it work in a higher resolution. So like mm. the cheaper ones on Amazon, from what I've seen, I, I, I haven't seen anything that looks good. The Brio does look okay. Uh, I know there's some pros and cons to it as well. One of the things actually while we're talking about webcams that I came across over the last couple of weeks is apparently Logitech has a stream cam. Now it's retails at 199 Canadian. So it's probably my guess somewhere in the 150 mark American. It would be my guess. I'm not sure. Um, but that's what I saw for Canadian was 199, but it was back ordered. Now, spec wise, it looked very similar to the C922, but they do talk about the audio component. So maybe they put some money into the audio side of the microphone on there. I still probably would assume unless you write up on it, it probably wouldn't be very good for podcasting, but I don't know. It just crossed. It's funny that this came up in our discord because I just happened to come across this recently. And I even had to do tech support for family Zoom calls over the holidays. And there was all sorts of, we'll have to get into that later. You know, how to successfully give podcasting tech support to your family so that you can have a social distancing holiday without you cringing every time something happens. Uh, moving on, we also had a story posted by Randy Walker from The Verge about Amazon buying Wondery, which is a podcast production house. Uh, Amazon is now fully getting into podcasting, in my opinion, it's just to like compete with Spotify and the, and the rest, and trying to grab market share as they go forward. This does not mean hobby podcasting is going away. It does mean that there's going to be more money and big business coming in. So you got to watch out for the future of hobby podcasting. And we had a good chat in our discord about that. And general consensus was that people are interested to find out about what's going to happen and see how serious Amazon is about it. A lot of caution being thrown around in our discord. <laughs> We do have a lot of people that have been around podcasting either nearly as long or as long as, as we have been in the Better Podcasting Discord server. So uh, we all kind of share uh, the same viewpoints, but there's a lot of new. I love the new viewpoints yeah. as well because they come in and you're in, as an old fuddy-duddy from the podcasting that's been around for 10 years now. Yes, I've broached the 10-year mark now as an old fuddy-duddy. Congratulations. Um, yeah, of Podcasting here. I welcome new opinions, especially with the new crowd, like new college students, new high school students, the stuff that they're able to do with the technology today is incredible. So it's great to get their opinion as well as those of us have been around a while going, yep, doesn't really mean anything to me. Get off my podcast lawn. But that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this episode. As a friendly reminder, betterpodcasting.com. We have other content there. You'll see some other stuff coming soon. Uh, you should check out the Better Podcasting live chat as well. If you're not subscribed to that, we would love to have you subscribe to that. And also check out the Gunna Geek Network because we are a part of the Gunna Geek Network. 
the Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of amazing geeky content, and there may be a show returning soon. Hmm. Let's go ahead, though, and close things up and say, for episode 243 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, yay, it's 2021, and I'm still podcasting. And I'm SP saying, yeah, no fanfare, but decade of podcasting. Looking forward to many more. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.